Hi, this is Colin Campbell, and this is Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Incisive Decisive. Dentistry, Ethics, Philosophy. Hello and welcome back to another exciting, enthralling and this time particularly professional episode of Incisive Decisive. Colin, what is professionalism? In 2006, I think it was, the FIFA World Cup was in Japan and Korea. Mm. And um, one of the greatest footballers who ever lived, in my humble opinion, and I'm not a big expert on football, was Henrik Larsson, who played for Celtic and Sweden. Larsson had, in fact, scored in every single World Cup qualifier. I think it was 2006. I might be wrong. 14, 18. I can't remember. But it was it was, it was, was around about that time. And um, he scored in every World Cup qualifier and he scored in every match that Sweden played in the World Cup. It was extraordinary. And he was an amazing player for Celtic and for Sweden. But when Henrik Larsson went to um, Japan and Korea with Sweden, he, he, he didn't see any sights as a tourist. Um, he didn't go around any of the of the amazing areas there to look at, at while the World Cup was on because he was playing football and because he was being a professional footballer. Mm-hmm. And so this is a discussion over years that I've had with different people about what is professionalism and that is the story I used to tell to the VTs about professionalism because um, professionalism is committing to your job and committing to your work uh, so as not to be detrimental. So recently I saw Bohemian Rhapsody the movie, which is utterly extraordinary. Um, but I'm not sure Freddie Mercury was a professional um, <laughs> because I'm not sure that many of the things he did in immediately before concerts actually yeah, probably made him not be better. He just was, he was exceptional <laughs> on the list, right? And so when I was, when I was a boy and I was training to be a dentist and I got into that, which I hope other people did too, because I hope it wasn't just me that became um, what I think my parents probably defined as an arrogant prick. Sorry, um, mum. Sorry, Dot. Sorry, sorry, Dot. And um, when I would say, well, actually, I'm training to be a professional. Yes. And my yeah, dad yeah, said yeah. to me, what does that mean? And I said, well, you know, I, I do things that work, and if I do it wrong, then people's health's affected. And my dad, being a motor mechanic, said, um, if I don't tighten your wheel nuts up after I do your brakes, that could affect your health. Does that mean I'm a professional? And then it made me think about what a professional yeah, yeah. was. So as in all these things, a professional... A professionalism, being a professional is a title that is given to you, not one that you can take. Um, but I think it is an essential uh, thing to strive for, to be known as a professional individual. Professionalism and, and being professional, it's a bit like dishonesty in that it's really hard to say what it what actual dishonesty is or what to be a professional is, but it's really easy to say what it isn't. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You, you know yeah, yeah. that that action there, that's unprofessional. Yeah, that action there, that's dishonest. I think it's easier to define though, because I think that I think that if you, I think it's about representing. And so I am. Um, I'm not. I'm from Scotland, and not a lot of people appreciate that because my accent is so homogenous now. I but uh, <laughs> but, um, but. I don't like to mention this too much, except I like to mention it a lot. But when I was growing up as a boy, I managed to represent my country at sport. Ooh. In fact, I managed to captain my country at sport on several occasions. And um, 
So I became sort of, you know, one of those kind of vitriolically, mm. pathologically <laughs> patriotic Scottish people. Dicks. But yeah, totally sorry, Dorothy. And um, that's the last sorry, Dorothy. And, um, and, 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 but I, when I came to England, I, prior to one of the matches I played, it was basketball. Um, it was, I think it was the first game we ever played. And um, our coach did a phenomenal speech about representing your country. And he said, these guys you're going to play against, they've never been to Scotland before. So you are Scotland. Mm. And they said, so you are representing you and your friends and your family and your school and your street and the hills and the glens and the lochs and all of that. And it's stuck with me forever. And I've always adopted that. So wherever I go anywhere, I'm representing Scotland because I might be the only Scottish person people have ever, mm. ever met. And wouldn't it be amazing if dentists had the same pride <laughs> in themselves <laughs> to be able to represent dentistry. dentistry in such a way? It's difficult, isn't it? Because to be professional is to be a representative. It's to be constantly improving. Mm -hmm. It's to be, uh, it's not just when you're at work, it's, outside of work, whether we like it or not, we are still dentists outside of work. And that's one of the things that I think separates us from a lot of yeah. non-professions, if that makes any sense. People have come up to you and, and talk about dentistry and, and people go, oh, that's, that's the dentist, mm -hmm. like, like teachers, like mm -hmm. lawyers, that kind of person. And when you see stories in the press about dentists, we are all tarred with that same yeah. brush aren't we? Like Scotsman. Yeah, yes. <laughs> You're all tight and like whiskey and wear skirts and don't wear pants. <laughs> My wife's from Yorkshire and she, 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 you know the definition of a Yorkshireman? As a Scotsman with all the generosity yeah. squeezed out of him, and she, she, my wife dropped a fifty pence piece once, and she bent down to pick it up, and it hit her on the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's not a comedy podcast. We'll carry on. Um, so, do we think that dentistry's got an issue with professionalism? We broke the contract with society. society. Yeah, societal contract is quite important. Um, we broke the contract. We broke the social contract. We decided to break it collectively. We decided that it was of no use to us anymore. Or even worse, we didn't understand many of us in the first place that it existed. Yeah. yeah that's and so we gave, we sold away the rights of being professionals for a shiny glitter ball. Right. Um, and there are some people left in the profession which would like, who would like to rekindle that and would like to repair that but I'm not sure that the will within the profession is great enough to actually get it back. Turning, turning that ship around is, is tricky because, again, we have a lot of people putting themselves out there doing various things <laughs> uh, that, that may or may not be considered professional. And there have been a number of cases that have come up against various, not just dentists, actually, various regulators. We're going back to the GDC again, unfortunately. Oh, go, right. um, where You just have to edit this out again, you know that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to mention anyone in particular, maybe. There's a number of cases. Okay, so in broad strokes, there are a number of cases out there where people have been in front of the GDC or their regulator for, um, for things that, that have happened in their personal life or they have, may have said in their personal life. Yeah. There was a nurse, maybe a dental nurse, not so long ago, that was um, 
severely admonished for um, it was a Scottish dental nurse. She That's racism. She she was Scottish and she was yeah they were, okay, they were, she, she was, was penalised for her was, race being Scottish is a race <laughs> she she I, th- I think she was Catholic and she made some anti-Protestant comments on yeah. Facebook or the other way around yeah and the GDC argument was actually how can you um, how can a patient have trust in you if they're from the other side of that religious spectrum yeah um, and the problem isn't having those ideas the problem is that when those ideas are made clear. Yeah. So I guess it's control of your prejudices. It is, it is, yeah, it is appearing to be professional. Right. So um, one of the professional responsibilities we have, if we saw, if we were able to see our time in dentistry as, as, as the role of a custodian for future generations, Mm -hmm. Because we find ourselves in this position only as a result of what the generations that have gone have given us. Isn't that true? Yeah, yeah absolutely. So we find ourselves as dentists in this enormously, enormously privileged position because of the work that was done by countless individuals and generations gone past. And, and so surely we should have a sense of a legacy of what we leave behind for the generations to come in dentistry. If we were proud of what we did, if we had any sense of pride in, in, in this collective that we have. But that would then assume that we have insight that into the fact that our actions cause reactions and there's that ripple effect, isn't there? And I think that a lot of the um, dentists that are putting themselves out there as uh, experts or influencers or whatever you want to call them, don't really have that. They have a very um, good grasp of the here and now and how their actions will affect them personally. Yeah, yeah. But they won't, don't realise that, yeah, you're quite right, we are representatives of the profession and it only takes one bad dentist to appear in the Daily Mail. Yeah, It doesn't actually even have to be a bad dentist, a dentist that's caught doing bad things, yeah. maybe, um, having it off with his nurse in the surgery. That yep. sort of thing, because that, that happens. We know that, that happens. Not with me, no. Yeah, sorry. I'm to disappoint you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is against Campbell Clinic um, guidelines. Only that, that, now, let's just take an aside there. It's not, actually. Um, it's not against the policy. Just in case any of the staff at the Campbell Clinic listen, it's just because I don't get approached. Oh, there you um, go. Okay. Oh, I just get my entire world smiling. <laughs> <laughs> There have been a number of instances of, for example, um, people, uh, there's one, I think, professor at university got um, caught downloading porn. um, And he was was, was fired. He was fired because he was downloading porn at work and viewing porn at work. We've seen it happening in the government. Um, I know at least two, not dentists, but DCPs, shall we say, people around dentistry that have been caught doing that. So these things are not uncommon. Right. They don't get reported particularly. Um, and you can this whole idea of bringing the profession into disrepute is a, is a woolly. It's very it's, it's woolly. woolly yeah. But actually, the more you think about it, the more you can get a bit of a grip of it. Yeah. You know, would, and it's, it's having to take yourself away from the situation, have that kind of disinterested thinking about it. Well, does it break the contract? Yeah. Does it erode the trust that individual patients would have in coming to see you if they felt that you were undertaking whatever the actions are that are in question? Mm. Um, and it's, and again, as with all things, there's a spectrum here and a spectrum of 
misdemeanor or badness. Um, but it but it just seems that the that that individual responsibility has just been lost and eroded away. Uh, yes. And so um so so we're only as a profession as strong as our weakest link and and then we have people who who elevate themselves to roles of some influence within the profession mm. and then what they present um and uh, invariably on social media um uh, these days um what they present is potentially damaging so I, and I, let me clarify that and give you an example of that if you had elevated yourself to a position of authority in dentistry and and were seen and you know in, in a clinical in a clinical role that, that was that you were you were thought to be of some caliber and then you were started to present clinical cases on on social media then people will follow that mm. and they will see yeah. that as verified and so it will influence their actions. And so therefore patients will be treated by people whose actions you are influencing and therefore you are complicit in what happens to those people. But also if you're on social media and your social media profile is not just of what you're doing at work, it's yeah. it's the the comments you're making about life in general, the way that you live your life, and you see that something is going hand in hand with the way that you're doing dentistry, people will find that acceptable. Yeah. Because you are making it acceptable. Yeah. If you're an influencer in one sphere of the profession, you you end yeah. up being an influencer in an, in the and whole so, of the prof so profession. So con contrary to what many people believe, I don't have any problem with anybody making money. It doesn't matter to me at all. I'm well done. Quite happy with that. If you've got a successful business, and it's, as long as you're not doing any harm and it's ethical and it's honest, make, got to, you know, fill your boots. Um, one issue I have though is presenting extravagant lifestyles that go hand in hand with dentistry. Mm. Not because I have any problem with how you live your life, but that's none of my business generally. But um, but what I have a problem is the picture that you present to people coming into dentistry. Yes, and coming just coming out of dental school. Mm. So so we must assume that some of this presentation of the celebrity lifestyle has contributed to this huge cohort of individuals who are coming out of dentistry with six figures of debt. Now, you stand in front of a group of three, two, three hundred uh, uh, second and, and fourth years, I think they were, in Glasgow uh, in February this year. So there was there was, there was was dental students from all, the, the early into dental school and nearly out of dental school. And there was, a, there was hundreds of them at the talk that I did there. And I asked them at the start of it to put their hands up to see who would be in six figures of debt when they finished. And it's about 50% of the audience, 50%, mm. 100,000 pound or more in debt. And, and these guys drop into a VT job, right? <laughs> at 27 or 25,000. Something like that now, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you go, Oh, it's not you've quite what you've got, got a long way to go. Yeah. Well, if we go back to, I, I mean, we recorded ages ago, we recorded an episode on, um, Prethics. Yeah. 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 yeah remember oh, that? Yeah. Vaguely, that was about, you know, yeah. Vaguely. And, um, <laughs> five minutes ago. And, um, and, um, and, and we, but we talked about perverse incentives then, mm. didn't we? Mm. And so the perverse incentive of, you know, if you, if you just doing a brief calculation, if you, if you are a hundred grand in debt and you have to pay that back, um, then, and yeah, you pay it back over 10 years, you're going to pay 120 grand back. Yeah. Right. So that's a thousand a month. Right. And if you're in a 27 grand a year after you pay your tax, you're probably getting about two, maybe 1800. So a thousand pounds of your money a month. Yeah. So you're going to be incentivized to go and kick your backside. Oh, yeah, yeah, any payment scheme yeah, you can. Because yeah. that's paying that, that's before you bought your convertible BMW. Well, or is it? 
Do you put deep prioritise? They really important. No, actually, part of your yeah, yeah. hundred grand debt is your convertible BMW, <laughs> isn't it? My point is that we have a responsibility to to present it to individuals, um, to present to these young individuals who are um, who, who are definitely open to being um, influenced. Mm. Definitely, for lots of reasons. Yeah, for lots of reasons. As we were, yeah, as I was. Right? Yeah, yeah. We have a, a responsibility within professionalism, I think, and society as a whole, to say to these guys, do you know what? That, that, you know, that, this doesn't necessarily provide you with the lifestyle of somebody that you might see mm. in, in which, whatever it is, whatever magazine it is, or whatever channel you use to get your information from. Right. And that, it's a, it's a huge problem. And it's not, it isn't restricted to dentistry. We know that, right? This isn't restricted to dentistry. We, we get people who, we were having a conversation today about someone whose aspiration is to be famous on Instagram. Yes. Whatever that may yeah. mean. I right? don't, I don't know what that means. I I'm not sure what that means. Uh, that's, but it's, it's very Andy Warhol, that isn't it? It's I'm, very, it's very, I, I want to be yeah, famous for being famous. Fame, yeah. yeah, yeah. Being famous. And that, and that is, I mean, we could have a larger conversation about celebrity culture and, and, and whatnot, but I think, um, with with being famous on Instagram, there's only a certain amount of famous on Instagram you're going to get in dentistry. Surely yeah. it's fairly limited, isn't it? You would have thought in dentistry, you would have yeah. thought so. You would have thought so in dentistry. It's quite a niche market and we've already cornered most of I that. I mean, this is, the podcast. this is, this this is, is it. it. Because we are getting, if, you know, if we, if we were to get even one pence for every time somebody had listened oh, no. to the podcast, we could, but we could, we could keep you stocked in diet coke for we would have two days. How much is a can of diet coke? I, you, um, how how do we expect you to know with our status? I how think, much a can I think of diet did, coke? If is? we worked on that principle, I think we would now have two quid. <laughs> but unfortunately, we they don't do that. But um, so so the famous thing is interesting because I I I. I, I I had a conversation with my son that just springs to mind so he was picking the number he was going to wear on the back of his football shirt um, because in the Westbridge for Colts where my son plays and, uh, and the team that I coach and we're doing very well thanks um, he, he they had a hundred numbers right and, okay. and the, the strips were sized so if you were a certain size it was you were over number 50 okay. right so, they, so they, and Callum is quite tall so he so he's going like that I want number 9 you're going you can't have number 9 right. so you're 59 yeah. and now it's not quite the same yeah, no. so he was chelping a bit about it because he wanted to be number 23 because one of his favourite footballs was number okay. 23 and I said to him well okay that's interesting because you could wear the strip of somebody who's famous you could wear the number of someone who's famous, famous or you could make the number famous yourself yes Yes. How about that? How about becoming famous because you were great? What happened to that? What about becoming famous because you did something brilliant? What happened to that? Instead of becoming famous because you, you, you wrote some utter, uh, well, rubbish on. Toss. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and, and it's just, this is, that's the society we live in. And the problem in, with professionalism is, and, and social media, which we've done, I believe, in a previous podcast, which might not have been released at the time of, uh, it'll be out. It'll be out by the time this, this goes out. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, geez. Um, the um, <laughs> but the it's uh, really busy, Sean, and I'm I don't do anything, so uh, <laughs> it's a difficult scenario. You know, this relationship's not going to last for much longer. But the um, it's, we're going to have the child to keep us together. That's the way it works. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah, yeah, I yeah. hope so. Yeah, stay together for the child. But um, the 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 whole the whole Instagram that that whole being famous on Instagram and 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 being famous for famous sake. It's just in in dentistry. What's happening is. As, as with all of the social media stuff, you have to shout so loud, right? R regardless of the content about what you're shouting about. Constantly. And, and what's posted then is, is 
Oh, just. So you can't, certainly from a dentistry point of view, I don't think you can keep, if you're going to be posting specifically cases, for example, you can't possibly be posting, you can't be doing enough high quality cases to get those three or four posts out every day. Yeah. you need to do to keep on top yeah. so what you got to do you've either got to put some shit stuff in which yeah. we see oh. we see some terrible stuff that's yeah I've done some really cracking work there and they don't yeah. just people don't, don't have, incompetence. absolutely don't have the insight into yeah. actually what's going on or they fill it with fluff and that fluff is I'm going driving I'm going down the club I'm going to do this I'm going to do that Here's and that's where it all comes in doesn't it yeah and then they enter, so they enter into the what I what I euphemistically coined recently the watch hierarchy right <clears throat> so the watch hierarchy is really interesting isn't it <laughs> so I don't think that blog's published yet at the time no, that's great so. so I met someone recently might have been at work might not have been doesn't matter might have been in the UK might have been outside of the UK who won he won the watch hierarchy oh really yeah he won it straight up straight in right royal flush right he came in because he came in and um, to see me wherever I might have been mm. and um his watch was worth 250,000 quid. Quite clearly there, I realised, if if I needed to realise it there, that I was never going to get there. So I've lost. Yeah. So I don't have to play anymore. Game's over. Yeah. This individual has won, right? Let's all move on and do something else. So then I could be entirely happy with my £300 watch, which is quite high up the running watch hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there are still more expensive ones than that. And so he also, it turned out, won the car hierarchy on the same day. What's wow. the chances, right? So the chances are that because he has eight Ferraris. Only eight. And just taking delivery of his new one, his latest one he paid £1.7 million for. Quite happy to give me this information. And so, so for anybody who's on social media at the moment, you shouldn't off the Ferrari. Don't bother unless you've got eight, one of which is worth 1.7. There's, there's always someone else out there. And you're wearing, uh, and you're waiting. Well, I don't know if there is for this guy. I don't know. I think he's won. <laughs> so, so, the, the, so the, the game that we're, the status game that we're playing, yeah. the quicker you can get out of it by realizing that you've lost. And you can become humble again and not not play that game. The quicker, the better. So that's really interesting because I draw parallels uh, from that to actual clinical work. So for me, there's no point in trying to be the best dentist ever because you're not going to do it. All you can be is be the best dentist you can be. Yeah. Because you can win that game. Yeah, that's yeah. a game you're pretty good at doing. Okay. Yeah. You are... At the moment, I'm the best dentist I can be at the moment. Yeah. However, I know there's another level, and the only person I've got to beat to get to that other yeah. level is me. Yeah. And I'm going to do that because I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. I'm not in a competition with Joe Bloggs down the road because if I start entering that competition with Joe Bloggs down the road, that external influence is going to affect me. Yeah. And that's going to affect the way that I live, and I'm not having that. No. Well, the the the... the, the the game that we're playing now, isn't it? And the professionalism game and the loss of professionalism game. So it used to be that we could sit together and show show each other our cases and we could constructively criticize yeah. each other. Yeah, right? yeah. And we would have the we would have the the humility to say, right, guys, here's a case that we've done that hasn't gone the way I would have liked. So we did this last night at the little group that we have of dentists mm -hmm. and meet together. Um, and it's really cathartic to be able to sit and go. So that's like the failure conference, I guess, isn't it? And it's really cathartic to be able to sit with a group of people who, who, who you, most of whom won't judge it and most of whom can, can commiserate with you and mm. can consolidate. And you can talk about it and you can say, how would we navigate this better, right? Uh, um, but that's not what happens generally when it comes out there into the non-professional world of, 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 of the, who I'm the big I am. 
And what happens is, it's a case is posted, right? Often with significant clinical concerns associated with it. I have, I don't generally engage, I don't engage at all, but, but I get shown some of these cases um, from various people. And there was one this week, which was just horrendous. And what will happen is that you'll see this this thing developing where friends of, and I mean friends, not yeah, friends yeah, in yeah, yeah, commas, yeah, yeah. friends and associates of said individual who has posted the case will dive in and say, great work and that job. brilliant. Good job. Generally, if the um, if the work involves lab work, the technician <laughs> involved will also be in. And, and tagged in. Just and and we'll say, pleasure working with you. Yeah. Um, which is a humble brag for yeah, send me more work because that's yeah, really brilliant. Yeah. And if you dare to, if you dare to say, can you tell me about this, or can I see a pre-op, or can I see this? Because what, what it will be is be a before and after, uh -huh. and no. And if you no say, or even if it's not, if you say to them, can you post it again in a year so we can see if there's been any change <laughs> yeah. or anything like that, you'll get absolutely harangued from the friends mm. and then blocked. Right, and that's not really constructive. It's not. It's um, it is quite indicative of the profession. It is no, exactly think. right. So we have lost the ability here in the one-upmanship and the tribalism that we have within the profession to be able to discuss honestly with each other our work because we know that there are a lot of patients in the UK. There's like sixty yeah, million, few, right? Yeah. And so if we went about our business actually trying to treat those patients and source them and treat them appropriately, we probably wouldn't have time to engage in all this. I, I don't know where people get the space in their life to start to, no. posting these cases. I just don't get it, right? Um, I, I, ju I just, you know, it's, it's people are prolific in the way that they post these cases. They clearly, they just don't go home. But uh, but it's bizarre. And, and, and that aspect of professionalism, because professionalism would encompass this ability to collaborate with your colleagues for the benefit of patients. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It's advancing. It's not just advancing your own skills and your own uh, abilities. It's advancing the the profession it's bringing everyone along with you yeah. and if you can do that if you can open source everything to to give it kind of that nerdy kind of thing and and let everyone learn from the successes and the mistakes then everyone benefits from it years ago the the the, the genius that was um, malcolm pendlebury RIP said that the only thing that you could do at that stage to improve the the public's perception of dentistry was to have a proper fly in the wall documentary <laughs> but i that scares me because imagine the places you could have that. So the guys who would, <laughs> so if you put that out for a bid, right? Yeah. And said, yeah. who wants to fly in the old documentary? Blimey Riley. Jesus. Right? So I, I know I've have some, I have never done this. I've never been on television for dentistry before. Um, but I know people that have done it and mm. done clinical stuff on TV. And of course, what happens in that situation is people come and go, right, so you've just done the implant there. Now can we do a shot of you fitting the crown? And they go, oh, uh, that's 12 weeks. Yeah. And they go, no, 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 we, no, 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 we, no, 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 we need to fit it now. Just fit it now and say it was fine. Right. And that, that of course, is what happens. But if you could do, if you could do a true, the last fly in the wall documentary of dentistry was called The Dentist. It was in the 1990s and John Bessford was in it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And John Bessford was in it. I remember watching it. And John Bessford at that stage, I think for most of his career, every time he fitted a set of dentures, he opened a bottle of champagne. Yeah. And the, him and the patient would, 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 would do that. And that, I think, had a positive spin. You know, sure, he was the, he was teaching the dental students how to tie a bow tie because it was essential oh, right, to yeah, know that yeah, as a yeah, professional. Of course, yeah. Um, but if you could, if you could grab, you, I mean, if you could show that the, the impact that the, 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 the hospital, the documentary had from Queens yeah. on people's oh, perception of amazing. what was going yeah, on. Absolutely right? amazing. That's what you would need to do, but it would show the challenges that people face and what's yeah. going on. And I can't think of one single practice that would, well, I, no, I, that's not true. I can think of practitioners who would volunteer for that. 
Oh yes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it always, I always think um, if you watch things like GPs behind closed doors, uh-huh. how heavily do they have to edit that? To well, that's sure the that problem. So let me get exactly that, right. I give you a little insight, which is not about professionalism, but I had friends who signed up to be on Come Down with me. Oh right, yeah. And um, so up turns the the production people on you know a good two days of filming for whatever it was, and they turned up at the door and met the the lady and the friends of the two friends was pregnant, heavily pregnant. Mm-hmm. And they opened the door and they went, oh, no, no. <laughs> no, that's not going to work. And they're going, oh, right, what do you mean? We're going, well, the pregnant lady's not going to work for us, I'm sorry. And they're going, you know, you're just drinking wine and stuff and doing this and doing that. And she's going, oh, well, I can't really unpregnant myself no, just in no, a minute no. when I'm not ready. And they went, oh, that's a shame. And then they went, do you have any friends locally that could pretend to be your wife? This is what they did. And they said, okay, right, yeah, they've got a friend up the road that could do it um, and she's off. And anyway, could we get them down here just now to have a look at them? And as they were going through the process of phoning her, the couple, my friends, went, we're not no, doing this. No, no. We're on television pretending that she... So they said, no, we're not doing it. They went, oh, right, okay, and they left. But that's what you're up against if you do that thing. But we're, I guess, beautifully off subject because the issue is around uh, around what is professionalism. don't know if we've answered that because it's a difficult one to answer, but I think I've got a sense of what it is and where it should be. And I think it should be being responsible for something bigger than an individual, bigger than the individual that you are. And I would like to try to do something to return to a situation where the public have a view of dentists where they hold them in high esteem and where they think of dentists more like surgeons, more like professionals that actually do healthcare for them yeah. that have their best interests at heart. And it's, it's that case of what, what is it to be a dentist? Yeah, rather than yeah, yeah, yeah. rather than somebody who, who shops, who comes to you and just, and, and because you because you say you'll be the cheapest or because you discount yeah. or because you do that and do that because that... That that just cheapens everybody. It's just terrible. Um, but it, but it's but you've got to get everyone on board. And <laughs> <laughs> this is a, an ongoing theme, I think. Get, getting more than five dentists to say the same thing oh, it's at once is difficult. Is that an ego it? thing? It probably yeah, is. I think, no. so. I think. Do you think a certain type of person goes into dentistry? Um, I, yesterday, I interviewed um, eleven, if fifteen, sixteen-year-olds who are interested in dentistry mm. and medicine. And that, it was really interesting. So we're talking to one. So one girl, honestly, one girl came up to me and said, "So I'm, I'm, some some people come and go. I think I want to be a doctor." Mm. And I'm going, "You right. don't, right? You don't want to be a doctor because you would already know." Yeah. And yeah. if you think you want, if you go to an interview and go, "I think mm. I may want to be a doctor," you're not going to. I said to this girl, "Pleased to meet you. My name's Colin. What do you want to do?" And she said, "I want to be a cardiac surgeon." Crikey. I went, "Okay." Okay. Right, and sat up straight and said, right, tell me about that. And she said, right, well, I read Stephen Westerby's book. And I'm going, but you're 15. Like me, right? these, people, these kids were amazing. Yeah. Right? And we were talking about that. And I said to him, you know, she was a lovely girl. And I said to her, you realise if you do make it, and I really hope you do, that if you operate on a Monday and Tuesday and a child dies on the table on the Monday, you're going to have to come in on the Tuesday and operate again. And that's why sometimes surgeons' personalities are called, called into question. Yeah, yeah. Because you have yeah. to live and yeah, die absolutely. by your things, right? And so, so it's a tough one to, it's a tough circle to square that because you'd have to have, for, you know, it's, I find it hard enough when I get things go wrong and I, geez, and I'm doing what? I'm a tooth fairy. And, uh, and, and, and these guys are dealing with massive big issues like this. And, uh, and so it, it is a difficult one circle to square because there has to be a sense of ego and arrogance to survive that type of stuff. And, um, and even to survive the, 
they're dealing with something that yeah. goes wrong and yeah, go home. And we have to be certainly slightly psychopathic, a little bit sociopathic to be able to actually do the job that we do, you know, inflict, potentially inflicting And pain then that and ties back around with the fact that um, then we were not able to talk to each other. Yeah, exactly. Because we're all, yeah, exactly, yeah. Because we're all egotistical, egotistical sorry, dot assholes. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> and And so, beautifully, we've reached absolutely no resolution into what professionalism may be, but I know that between the, our multitude, both of our listeners, <laughs> will be able to discuss the Thanks concept widely. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, um, that was the answer to the question, what is professionalism on Incisive Decisive? Thanks a lot. And that will do us for another episode of Incisive Decisive. If you've got a question for us or want to give us any kind of feedback, then there are loads of ways you can contact us. Email us at info at incisivedecisive.com. We're also on Twitter at IncisivePod, and we're on Facebook as well. If you like what we're doing, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast provider of choice. And don't forget to spread the word. Tell your friends, colleagues, and everyone you know about what we're doing. Our intro music is Grave Robber by Gallops. Listen to more of their music at gallopsgallops.com. Next time on Incisive Decisive. From a young age, I've had often on issues with um, mental health instability, not, not in a big way. Uh-huh. Being a dentist is inherently unhealthy. Self-help's bullshit, right? Except I've come up with my own version. You need to give yourself eight to nine hours of sleep opportunity a night. And, um, and if you don't, you are fucked.